On this episode of Resi Week, we talk projectors versus flat panels, smart home designs, and are you ready for solar panels? All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 179, Electronic Lifestyle Craftsman. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories from the residential AV industry. This week, we are pleased to be joined by Jeremy Glowacki. He is the executive editor of Residential Tech Today. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me. It's always good to get myself uh, out of my home office uh, talking to myself mode and talking to others. So thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for being here. And we have my good friend, Richard Fergosa. He's the principal of Fergosa Design. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Mellow uh, post-earthquake West Coast greetings. So. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't forget about that, but I forgot that you would have dealt with it. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a bit of ways from us, but still, it was, uh, it's, it's, there, there's a certain time most Californians are like, oh, no problem. It's a small earthquake. And you start seeing six, eight, six, nine up there. You're like, yeah, that was a shake. That was, <laughs> that was, that was no joke. That time we weren't messing around. We weren't messing around. All right, gentlemen, let's in Arizona. Exactly. Beachfront, Arizona. All right, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from CE Pro Wayne Ultra Short Throw Projection versus Flat Panels. Uh, throughout this story, Andrew is, is speaking with uh, some of the people from Hisense, specifically Kevin Cahill, who's their head of sales and marketing for Laser TV at Hisense. Essentially, he is suggesting that. Uh, don't overlook the power of an ultra short throw projector in quite a few uh, situations where typically you just go ahead and spec a flat panel TV. They're uh, essentially equating the fact that a UST, an ultra short throw, can give you a 25,000 hour lifespan, which equates to approximately 13 years of average use. And because it's ultra short throw, it's eight to 10 inches off the wall. Uh, or the screen, so you can really get a, a monster image without necessarily uh, having to go the route of a big black TV on your wall when you're not using it. Jeremy, I want to start with you on this one. Can Ultra Short Throw really replace LED? Is that really what most homeowners are looking for? Are they looking for that 120, 140 inch display opposed to a good quality 80? I don't think so. I, I think that it's a good product line for the custom installation industry. And, you know, it's a opportunity for them to show their expertise because you have to have a screen and that involves a bit of um, expertise, especially in a high ambient light environment um, to have a reflective screen. And I, I don't think that your average homeowner is going to really understand that. Um, they also may not like the idea of having a screen in a common area. Um, you know, this is something that you've typically seen, you know, you could have a re retractable screen, of course, but typically you're seeing this in a more controlled environment of a, of a home theater, quote unquote, or entertainment room. And, you know, the trend 
for many years now has been you want your your viewing area in a more a common you know family room kind of setting and i think that having a tv that um is large enough quite i mean they your flat panels have gotten pretty large you can go with the the 80 like you said um, versus like a 110 120 uh short throw i think is quite sufficient for most people and the brightness is always going to be uh there the you know hdr um the dynamic range is there uh i think you lose a lot in a high ambient light room for any sort of a projection um scenario uh, i think if you can control the light of course it's going to look great but uh um i i just think it's it's a bit of a stretch i think that uh your, your average consumer is going to be more happy with a flat panel very good Uncle Richie, one of the things that kind of caught me off guard with this story was he came back and, and, and Cahill urged integrators to simply go out and show their customers the product, bring it into their home, set it up, give them an in-home in demo. It, it made me go down the road of a lot of us don't necessarily need an ultra short throw in our demo stock. We, we probably don't have it in our showroom necessarily. Because it's, it's more of a compromise product. Is this something that integrators should invest in from a demo capability to be able to go out and do it? And, and, and the larger part of that conversation is how much money do integrators invest in demo product? Because this is one of those things that you kind of you do get a better performance if you can show up to someone and say, hey, look, this is what we could do in your house today. I think it's it's less about, you know, can you make the sale today situation. It's it's um, it's what we've always advised, which is cu custom, if that is the market that you're in, is about being a solution provider. And really what I got from the article was getting back to basics a lot of times. Um, we're getting so, we've gotten so caught up in the, uh, you know, the, in an 80-inch display is inexpensive. You throw it up and it's done. Integrators... It's not if they're not careful, we'll get lazy, um, and you stop plying your trade and your craftsmanship. And really, what the article about them got kind of touched off for me was what makes you different. What what allows them to hire an integrator as opposed to going to a box store or shopping on Amazon or eBay or getting it delivered? And you know, you find a Craigslist ad and it gets mounted for twenty five dollars. This this comes back to if you're going to be in this industry. How are you going to continue to differentiate yourself in the industry? Because in any race to the bottom situation, you know, we've said it over and over, right? If you ask any custom integrator, they're all doing the high-end jobs. Well, the math doesn't support that. There's lots of jobs. Um, you know, we used to call them the, the, the light bill jobs, right? You know, you go out, you do five or 10 of them. Those are the ones that pay the light bill. And, and it's an opportunity for integrators to look and say, look, this is an opportunity for us to come in, show something different. Is it going to work in every application? No, it isn't. But it's an opportunity for me to show what I'm capable of doing. Um, we used to do it years ago with um, video servers. Um, you know, it would, it would be the silliest thing. People were like, oh, my gosh, why would I spend $10,000 on a video server? We'd roll it in, connect it to the system, put it on the network. He said, I'll come back in a week and you tell me what you think literally had at least a half dozen clients that I was going to pry that server out of their hands from, from their cold dead hands. It was never leaving their house. And it all comes back to, I mean, we, we still have, and again, it, it goes back to like our classes at CDM. 
selling to the affluent. It's really not selling to the affluent. It's selling to anybody. Mm -hmm. You promote, you show, you demonstrate, you provide solutions, you eliminate objections before they happen, and then you create a relationship. And, and now more than ever, it's about showing expertise. So for me, it was less about the product because again, there, there's $25,000 short throw projectors. There's sub 1,000 short throw projectors. What is the varying difference? Well, again, what type of room do you have? What's your lifestyle requirement? You know, um, you know, what are your furniture requirements? You know, X, Y, and Z and working your way through. So, you know, for me, like I said, it was, it was less about the actual technology, which is the Achilles heel of a lot of integrators. Don't worry about the technology. Look at this as being a solution. and How can you sell yourself as a solution-oriented business? I love that because it leads right into our next story. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today, Smart Home Design, Where to Start and How to Do It Well. This is uh, written by Michael Dye, who, if I remember correctly, uh, is, is one of the marketing people over at Cloud9Smart out of New York City. Jeremy will probably correct me on that if I was wrong. No, you're right. You're correct. Yes. Got it right. <laughs> Nailed um, it. Nailed it. This is, this is actually a, a fantastic article. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. Uh, essentially what smart, or sorry, what cloud nine smart does is they will do a couple of courses that they offer to local architects and designers all um, revolving around things that we as integrators or technologists do. One of the things that uh, I found very interesting is that they start with lighting and shade control. Um, part of the reason I found that interesting is because that's very near and dear to my heart and our business uh, here at Omega, but also something that I just really like. So Uncle Richie, I'm going to come back and, and start with you on this as well. What they allude to, uh, what Michael alludes to here is that they start every conversation with architects and designers on lighting and shades. Is this because it really... The, the light shade business really gives you that true sense of automation beyond just TV automation, which is where most people uh, kind of instantly go with that. Or uh, are, are they leading with this because lights and shades really are, are the true aesthetic that everything else that we do doesn't really do, right? Lights and shades are the easy, they're the low barrier of entry when talking to architects and designers. What's the, what's the leading point here? Uh, I mean, first off, I would, I would say that their approach and, and the article and they did, if, if I was to go back into integration, if I were going to you know, start another integration company, I would take the approach that these guys are taking with just selling a story. Um, to be honest, and again, I'm gonna roll back and we're gonna kind of cut to the chase. Um, architects hate AV guys. They, they don't like them because they all have a horror story about an AV guy, much like high-end general contractors all have a horror story about an AV guy. So what the whole process is, is that although AV is part of what you do, if you're strictly planning on being an AV integrator, you're not going to be in business for long. That's just the way that our market is going. And so this is really what's been going on for the past 20 years of any integrator of quality and then moving into consultants where we were in residential consulting. This was also our approach, which was uh, it is about the environment itself. It is, it is about the comfort systems and comfort is lighting, uh, um, 
security, um, you know, HVAC, pool control, sprinklers. I mean, dot, dot, dot. It's about the ecosystem itself. And again, it's, it, this is, it's brilliant in its simplicity because it keeps the story simple. What are the things that, the, that uh, these industry partners can relate to? And let's work with that. Let's find some common ground. Establish yourself as a professional. And by the way, the entertainment function, which dovetails right into it, is a perfect dovetail for what we do as well. And that's really the story. And, and you know, I, 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 I would suggest integrators definitely take a look at this and, and read it and take a look at what these guys are even doing on their website. Um, it's, it's very elegantly done. It tells a story very quickly and in an attractive way that an industry partner goes, hey, these guys know what they're doing. Um, and again, kind of back to my earlier comment, as integrators, it is becoming more and more important about showing yourself as a craftsman in the electronic lifestyle business, not the TV business. Um, so, you know, is it low hanging fruit? You could say it that way. I, again, my, my feeling is this is what keeps you in business. You should be doing it. If you're not, um, it's absolutely something that you should be doing. If nothing else, just because you're going to be uh, interacting with these trades. And, and we've said it from the beginning, which is, you know, these are, these are, these are the trades that you need to be working with. These are the systems that you need to be working with um, and the profit centers um, that allow you to keep everything else going. I mean, again, every, everybody started in Navy for different reasons, you know, but there's not as many guys who, you know, are, are doing AV because their rock band wasn't, <laughs> you know, wasn't taking off anymore. You know, they were, they were doing stuff in between gigs and, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, it was, it was pure rock and roll. Um, our industry has matured and we have a lot more, kind of barbarians at the gate um, uh, affecting our business than, than we did 20, 25 years ago. And so this is a brilliant, you know, natural evolution of a way to tell a story. Very good. Jeremy, the, the other thing that I, I really gleamed out of this article was the way in which they approach audio versus video. In audio, and again, keep in mind, um, they're talking to architects and designers. They're not talking to homeowners. Uh, going through this this approach that they're currently talking about. But when they start talking about audio, they really get into it by getting into the, the, the technology, the basics of speaker, speakers, how dispersion patterns work, frequency uh, reproduction, as well as then, you know, kind of the aesthetics of different grills, invisible speakers, et cetera. When they start talking about TV, they do not discuss 4K HDR all the smart stuff, all the tech of the TVs, they talk about how to fit that big black uh, rectangle into a space that really isn't suited for a big black rectangle. Um, when, you, when you read through that, when, when you see that, what does that tell us about really how to, how to approach those two disciplines when dealing with, with consumers? Well, I mean, I think that there's something to be said for explaining why you need speakers. You know, they're not just one speaker underneath your TV, you know, although that's great to have a nice, um, you know, custom soundbar, like they're saying about the Leon situation there. Um, I think you need to get into a little bit more of an explanation about how the, the audio uh, is dispersed and distributed. Um, because a TV is one unit, you know, there's one piece that you're dealing with there. And it's, it's, it's pretty obvious when you've got a high quality picture, that's, that's about the easiest thing to, to sell to, 
I think a, an educated end user, like that looks amazing. And even if it doesn't look amazing, they'll think it looks amazing because you told them it did, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're so close to all being amazing that they're not going to get whether the blacks are as black as they should be or whatever. They're going to see a vibrant picture because, because the technology is so far, you know, ahead of where it used to be. Whereas audio, you, you might be able to argue back to them and say, you know, I don't think I need all of these speakers. Why would I need that many, you know, and, or why should they be spread out like that? Or, you know, um, the, the, um, the, I, I mean, it, but that doesn't stop them from also offering very invisible type options for the audio as well. Um, matching them to lighting fixture, you know, styles and that sort of thing. So they're still appealing to a, to a sensibility there from a design aesthetic. Um, when you get back to the, talking to the architect versus the consumer, I think both would, would like that. Um, I, I wonder how many consumers really look at the ceiling once they've got their system, but I think the architects and designers, I mean, that's what they do all day long is, is fixate on what shouldn't be where, you know, and how things are supposed to look and, um, you know, have people that I think come into a home wouldn't even notice you had speakers on the ceiling, um, typically a traditional in-wall in-ceiling speaker. But, uh, I mean, I still think it's, it's great that they talk about uh, automation and, um, you know, lifts, art covering TVs, all the different types of opportunities to, to make the TV go away. Um, because, you know, that, that's where, I, back to what Rich was saying, this is, that's where the kind of, the craft of custom installation really still can shine. Yeah. You know, those are not things you can buy off the shelf or, you know, basically from, you know, Amazon or whatever. You're not going to pick that up. Same with lighting, you know, control and, and shades control specifically. Yeah, you can buy really nice blinds, but if you're, you know, cloud nine smart in New York City, you're dealing with these huge um, condos, apartments that have large windows and you're not going to have Richie Rich guy, you know, up there, you know, twisting the little shade controller to get the thing to move, you know, to close. So to have all that built in and automated and, you know, shifting to the, the sun, I think is, is a great um, capability of the custom installation channel that you're just not going to get from a DIY scenario. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our last story of the day. This comes to us from The Verge. I just installed solar panels because now it's time uh, by Sean Hollister. He uh, goes through uh, essentially the fact that he's never spent $18,000 on any piece of technology before. Uh, he hasn't even bought a car that was that expensive. But this year when he ran the number on solar panels, he realized that uh, because he lives in the U.S., this is actually the right time to do it. Um, the majority of times in the past when he had looked at it, solar was obscenely expensive, but in the last couple of years, it's fallen by uh, somewhere around 70%. And with the uh, government incentives that are still offered up until what looks like 2022, um, now was the time for him. So Jeremy, I, I want to start with you on this. Solar's been one of those kind of very peripheral uh, parts of our industry where we typically don't really get involved with it, but it's slowly starting to 
show up a little bit more. It's something that we're seeing. It's something that, uh, you know, pops up from time to time. And there's products on the market that are specifically from our channel that are kind of helping you manage solar. Is solar something that, you know, technologists, residential AV dealers are going to start looking for someone to partner with to start providing solar? Or is that still too far out there uh, for our industry? Well, we are seeing partners, um, companies that are doing storage solutions, specifically battery solutions. Um, you know, there um, is a lot of activity from Savant uh, in this area with their energy race points uh, products. Um, that was all driven by their CEO who is in his own right, a pretty wealthy guy who has a big home on, on the Cape and he's had power issues and he really wanted to, to go with solar and had uh, trouble with the storage, you know, like he found that it's great to have solar panels, but then you, you know, you're basically not getting everything out of them because you can't store for, for, you know, the certain, higher the peak area peak peak times for the utility you know that sort of thing um you know the net metering concept is mentioned in this uh this piece or in the video that's corresponding with this piece but i think that it's it's definitely very very early for this industry for our industry to be involved for a custom install um but i think that it's an opportunity that has to be addressed because it's back to that control of the home and it's part of the smart home and to be able to have access to um you know certain aspects of the the you know control over the the solar i think is in, it, it's it's important not to let that go to somebody else you know um but i i don't know um you know you know, how widespread it's going to be. You've got people who have large homes that may be the first, the early adopters. I don't know how widespread this guy's idea of it being an opportunity that everyone's going to jump on. It's still a lot of money. It's still hard to make the pitch that, you know, you're going to get your money back quickly enough. He says in five years, but uh, you know, with our dem demographics, I think there's an opportunity there um, as, as they come along, not to, not to miss that. Very good. Richie, I'll, I'll give you kind of the last word on this. What what surprised me about that article was kind of to Jeremy's point. He didn't want to mention a a battery solution or, or anything other than essentially feeding this back into the grid as somebody who is certified in, in products like Sonin. I see that and go, well, what's the point? You're just providing energy back to the grid. But with the propensity to add something like uh, a Sonin battery system or a Tesla or a LG or any of the other battery op options out there and then get into things like load shedding and all those other fun control options. Is that, is, is that going to be an opportunity for mainstream, you know, residential in the future or, uh, you know, to Jeremy's point, is that something that's just going to be so peripheral that you'll get it as a one-off, but it's not something to build a business off of? Well, again, it comes back to plying your trade and craftsmanship. I mean, I, I, I keep repeating this over and over. I view it this way. Um, with, with solar, it's, it's, uh, 
it, it's an inroad. It's it's something that is becoming more and more ubiquitous. People are seeing, you know, people are becoming more conscious. They do want to reduce their carbon footprint. They do want to find a way to state store money. I mean, I live in California and I live in the Bay Area of California and my electric bill runs into four figures a month. Um, it ain't cheap. Sounds awesome. <laughs> um, you know, on, on a bad month, it can, it can really get up there. Um, so in a market, in a metro market, it is not uncommon all of a sudden for that to be um, a worthwhile investment. And again, if you can also layer things onto it with the automation, which Sonnet, um, you know, Crestron many, many years ago came out with a, um, a campaign called Greenlight and some product with it. You know, all of a sudden you start talking about occupancy sensing, load shedding, time of day, sunrise, sunset, seasonal changes, all of these things that, um, you know, when when I talk about user experience, we talk about it, we talk about it as, as your house providing anticipatory service, right? Your house starts to anticipate what you want to do instead of reacting to a button and, oh, it's too hot or, you know, I, I, it, it, any of these functions that are there. And the tools that are, the, and the tools are there and they're becoming more and more prevalent. Um, you know, Sonnet is a perfect example. Um, you know, there's, there, I'll give a great plug to, to Pantech. <laughs> you know, they've done a great job of integrating it with an automation system and with several automation systems. Um, being able to visually see how your energy is being used, being able to quantify and prioritize how your energy is being used in the event of a blackout, um, you know, or loss of power. Uh, so again, it's, it's, it's not necessarily something that you build your business off of, but if you're going to be building a business, it's something that you should be taking a look at and rounding yourself out. Because if you're not going to sell it, somebody else will. And if there's the ability to serve the clients, serve the residents, um, and, and, and we'll see it. I mean, it's, it's not quite, you know, the, the Alexa for your energy, but at some point you are going to see solar and battery and, and alternative energy sources giving you that inroad. Um, and as an integrator, you know, why not get ahead of the curve instead of being instead of waiting for everybody else? Very good. All right, gentlemen, that is all the time we have for this episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Jeremy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about residential tech today, where can they do that? Well, we really still need, uh, we're, we're a startup, so we need to grow our subscriber base. So if people can visit ResTech online, uh, Re, I'm sorry, restechtoday.com. I need to learn my own brand. Um, and, uh, re, you know, get the newsletter, uh, sign up for the magazine, or even go to Barnes & Noble and pick up a copy. We, we're um, the few industry magazine that's still available on the newsstand. So uh, we got Joe Perry on the cover talking tech, which is kind of cool. And uh, uh, an old grizzled Aerosmith guy. He, he has some interesting stuff to say. So uh, encourage everyone to sign up for the ma magazine. Excellent. Very good. Uh, Rich, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Fergosa Design, where can they do that? Uh, one of the places you can find me on Twitter, at rfregosa, R-F-R-E-G-O-S-A. Uh, you can type in my name into the interwebs and all kinds of interesting stuff always uh, shows up. Our website, fergosadesign.com. But most importantly, obviously, I'm going to say it again, uh, find us here on avnation.tv, not only here on Resi Week, but all our other shows, uh, including a show about automation with my good friend, Steve Greenblatt, called The State of Control. I like the fact you did the majority of my outro. Thank you. <laughs> Anticipatory uh, service. Beautiful. 
Um, thanks again, gentlemen, for joining us today. That was a great conversation. For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott. But more importantly, please stop by avianation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover, like uh, Richie's State of Control. But more importantly, when you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 